Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question. Should I buy it, though? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Should I Buy It, Though? Oh, my God. Are you- I'm Giancarlo Herrera. Huh, I get it. TJ Berry, your resident goodness. Um, Amanda Facosta. I I like to think I'm the resident evil, but I could probably pass that to actually the next person who's going to talk. Uh, really. Hi, I'm Nicholas Palazzo, and I'm the resident evil. The, you see, yeah, the real that one. makes total sense. Exactly. Resident. He's big evil. evil. She's little evil. Yeah. He's yeah. like petty evil. And I'm He's like evil chaotic evil. evil. She's like hide your shoes evil. I'm He's like, like eat your shoes evil. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I like that this is what we consider evil. Um, and this week, in case you haven't figured it out, we're talking about Resident Evil. It's a game, Whoa. not just Nicholas Palazzo. Um, <laughs> uh, specifically, we're talking about Resident Evil 7 Biohazard um, because Resident Evil 8 Village comes out very soon. Yay. So. Yeah, that's uh that's the that's the gag for those of you who may not be aware Resident Evil 7 is a very long-running horror series of video games and Resident Well, not 7, but Resident Evil. Is. Yeah, Resident Evil uh and 7 is currently the most recent one will soon no longer be so. Well, uh, in uh, well, RE3 okay, the most recent the most recent one. Yeah, but it's like an old game. It's not new. You get me? This is like the newest i guess sure 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 okay whatever (laughs) um and yeah in this one you play as a person named ethan you are looking for your wife who has been gone for three years and then you go to the bayou and uh, run into a family of uh creeps and uh lots of gore and violence occurs and some puzzles um yeah (laughs) for context uh, i played this one hi um i played it on pc it's on game pass uh for both pc i think for xbox as well but for sure the pc version of game pass has it so i played it on there i played it on stream hi hey hello to everyone who uh played it on stream um we'll get into it in just a second but for reasons i only played uh like two and a half hours of it uh, a conscious decision this time not just running out of time but yeah that's that's where i am for the time being uh i played this maybe a year after the game came out on the ps4 uh i was too scared to play it when it came out in 2017 so i watched a bunch of youtubers play it first and then i eventually went to go play it uh and i loved it and this was my first like resident evil experience back when the game came out so this was the game that made me fall in love with all the rest of the games and i went out and played a bunch of the other ones um and then now i recently played it a couple weeks before this episode i played it on the ps5 um so that was fun i still haven't played it in vr unfortunately so that's still something i gotta do but yeah oh my gosh i would die (laughs) um i guess i'll go next um i I've also actually played this game. This is like, 
Wow, this is like this is like a record for me. I feel like, but anyway, yeah, I played this game for the first time with John once at a friend's house. But I and I do remember that. I rem- we talked about this last. Aha. Uh, we didn't finish it. We were just like screwing around and just like we played it. Um, but it, then, it turns out in practice, we played like the first. I don't know, like 30, 40 minutes. Like we we played a decent no, opening we, yeah. chunk of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah. anyways, carry on. <laughs> yeah, and then it was. I don't remember exactly when it was, but I played it again, also at a friend's house. Uh, but this time it was actually on PlayStation. Look at that, a switch up. Um, and I like, I played it with that friend, uh, I believe through its entirety. We were like switching back and forth because when it got too scary, which was all the time, mm-hmm. I would just, um, pass him the controller and let him do it. But yes. So I played it. I played it a long, long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was, it was a while ago, but it's okay. Sweet. Well, so we've all played it. Wow. Look at us. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's been a while since that, that happened. Has that ever happened? <laughs> I mean, not for a while, but it has. Before. <laughs> it feels yeah. like a really long time. So, since Nick, you're the resident 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 evil. 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 <laughs> um, since you're the resident of evils. I'm uh, I'm going to let you take this episode. So, where where do you want to start? Oh boy. Um I want to start with a lot of the the technical aspects of this game. Sure. Uh, and that could be anything audio uh world design the, how the game looks all that stuff because this game made me really appreciate the technical aspect of video games probably for the first time particularly in um audio design and how that's used mm-hmm. with the horror of this game this really opened my eyes to like the world of audio in general because the way that this game handles a lot of its fear factor is through the audio design and how it's for the most part not outright jump scares or scares in your face it's a lot of the creaks and the the dripping noises that surround the main character and all that stuff all the detail that goes into the audio that really makes you feel just scared 24 7 throughout this game there is not a down moment because there's always something going on in the background even though you might not be in immediate danger um and also the look of the game that's the second point i want to touch on first just a a lot of like very very fine details put into this game to really build the atmosphere uh the atmosphere of the horror a lot of like bugs and like corners of places and just gross things in the refrigerator if you open that uh just a very detailed world that adds to everything that's going on in the game so i wondered uh how did you guys feel about all that stuff i agree i it's been a hot second but i do remember being i mean it's not hard to scare me with with games like this but i do think like the noise and the soundscape really did an excellent job especially if you're wearing like headphones and you're fully immersed in it and you're like playing in the dark yeah you're 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 crazy like that's good for you but like what what like that's yeah yeah um i tell this people to to people all the time if you're gonna play this game you gotta play it with headphones 100 percent. otherwise a big part of what this game is is just not there if you have headphones on uh, you could hear the creaks of the doors right behind you. It always keeps you on your toes. So uh, definitely, definitely a big headphone game. I would recommend that. How about you, John? 
Yeah, um, I think I always appreciate really good sound design, and I think that this game had very good sound design. I uh, whoever worked on it on on those aspects of it, I think they knocked it out of the park. Um, and they do a really good job of kind of spatial positioning, which I realize that not that I'm in the minority, but I'm in like a a subset of gamers in that since I prefer to play on PC, I almost always have headphones on. And so these are things that I notice and notice the lack of in a lot of games. I realize that a lot of people play on TVs. I actually find that more uncomfortable. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I hit controllers, whatever. But so I rarely ever do that. Um, but it's a, it's a consideration that I have to remember with a lot of games. Like a lot of people just won't play with headphones. Um, but it's something I always do. And so that's just to say that, of course, between that and the fact that I am a sound designer for our shows as well and stuff like that. I've really, really come to appreciate uh, good audio. And I think they, they did a great job with it, both um, atmospheric and then also, for me, it was less about the fear factor, but I think the audio is a very intentionally used in that there were times where it would help guide me to like where the next event was. Um, much like that, that one section that I really loved in Little Nightmares 2, that was all about like using just your hearing to find, navigate your way around. Not to that extent, but a lot of times, you know, if you hear something to the left or to the right and your instinct is to go towards it or away from it, chances are that is a correct instinct. So they've, they've done a really good job about implementing that in a natural way, um, that made navigating the world easier other stuff uh i found some frustrations with navigation in some parts but uh, but that's besides the point yeah sound design is great and i agree with you also for like art direction um i'll be real with you i don't like it not because it's bad but just because like to my taste like really grotesque stuff is just not my cup of tea um the exceptions to me are cases like doom where like it almost becomes campy to the point where it doesn't feel grotesque this one feels grotesque and so i didn't like that it really grossed me out but that was the point so i think they did a really excellent job of capturing that really nasty feeling like if you are grossed out by like to me one of the main images that stuck in my head when i first played this what like four years ago i think um was towards the very beginning you can open a fridge and there's this goo that like just like comes out of it um i still hate it like it i just i feel gross thinking about it but i guess it goes to show that like it's such a visceral image that it remained with me for that long they did their job i mean this all takes place in a louisiana bayou it's very texas chainsaw massacre-esque it's a very gross family that uh lives in very gross ways the whole house is dirty there's all these gross food items laying around that might be human remains who knows it is disgusting and the fact that it evoked that visceral reaction i think means it did its job it's interesting uh you used the word campy a second ago because traditionally, Resident Evil games actually are very campy, and you could see that in a couple places in this game. But for the most part, the direction they were going in was recapturing uh, what they did with the very first game, where this is a horror experience first, and not so much an action camp game that they mm-hmm. sort of went with with uh, Resident Evil 4, 5, 6, 
until seven came out this was really a reinvention again of that franchise because the first three games were um fixed camera angle experiences very horror driven first uh then they went to straight up action over the shoulder third person with four five and six four started that trend not just for resident evil but for a lot of third person shooter video games it was very revolutionary in that sense but six sucked so for seven they're like all right we got to go back to the drawing board go back a couple of steps so they went back to horror first gameplay um sticking to their roots of what where they came from with the first game but this is the very first resident evil game that decided to go with a first person shooter angle and i Mm -hmm. think that really helped them heavily with uh the horror aspects of this franchise because I feel like, I don't know if you all agree with this, first person is the scariest point of view. I agree with that. Well, it should be, right? Because it's you being immersed as opposed yeah. to, like, yeah. I'm controlling Geralt, and, right, like, but there's, a, there's an extra layer of separation when the camera's over the shoulder as opposed to it just being your field of view, right? Yeah, it makes you feel like, you're the one getting attacked and hurt versus mm-hmm. like, oh, no, that's just my character. They're getting hurt. I'm fine. Um, so I, th- I think that was incredible. Um, I guess since I mentioned first person and all that stuff, do you think we should go into the gameplay first before? Sure. TJ, do you have uh, any like comments on art direction, sound design, or anything like that? No, nah, man. I mean, it does its job. It makes yeah. you feel gross when you want to feel gross. Um, especially with yeah. like the sounds, like it helps you feel more burst. Um, I didn't really get like a creepy feeling, but I know a lot of people that played it like kept them on edge the whole time with all like the sounds and stuff. I'll say so. the the game didn't creep me out consistently, like especially the first like hour hour and a half. I was pretty chill going through all of it, but what this game does is it's very gory in a way. Like there are people who say they don't like gore, there are people who say they do like gore. Um, this game like approaches gore in a very realistic way where like for example fallout is like a can be a gory game right like you can get vats and like dismember someone piece by piece but it's like it's almost like a visceral like game mechanic like it i don't really feel like oh i'm actually blowing someone's head off right like it doesn't have that that like oh god factor whereas this one really strives to capture uh especially in, in a lot of the action it's like oh your leg is getting chopped off. This is a horrifying moment, which is appropriate to the genre, um, right? But yeah, like I, I think, Nick, you, you made a good comparison where it's like it's more Texas Chainsaw Massacre than, uh, I guess, uh, Evil Dead, right? Right, exactly. Like Although- it, it, doesn't try, it doesn't try to be fun about it. It tries to be more like a, um, realistic, I, I, I think, really seems like what, what they were shooting for. Yeah, absolutely. Although there is an Evil Dead reference that pops up in a boss fight. You didn't get to. I'll mention it when we get to gameplay. But uh, yeah, do you want to jump into that right now? And how mainly how the horror plays in with the gameplay of this game in particular? Let's do it. All right. So I'm just going to say this right off the bat. Uh, I think not only is this the scariest Resident Evil game, but this is the scariest game I have ever played. Uh, and a big part of that is because of the gameplay and um, what it really does to make you fear, <laughs> essentially. Um, it's a first-person shooter. 
again, like I mentioned earlier. And basically, a big part of the loop of this game is you going from room to room throughout this dilapidated house in the bayou of Louisiana, and you are getting hunted down by each main member of the Baker family, who are the main antagonists of the game. And the whole time, it's you running room to room, collecting resources. There's a big resource management component of Resident Evil games, saving ammo, um, and just surviving. The Resident Evil as a franchise really coined the phrase survival horror. And this game really, really makes you feel like you are surviving the whole time. Every decision is important. What you bring with you, what you keep in an inventory box, how many bullets you use on certain enemies. Do you shoot an enemy or do you just run away? That's a big part of the, the process as well. Um, I guess that's a good place to start and see how you guys felt about all of that. <laughs> and we'll get into sure. some of the nitty gritty in a second. Yeah. Well, okay. You touched on a lot and I, I think, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 You're, you're fine. There's, there's a lot to touch on. And I think this isn't, uh, I'm, I'm going to bring up why I didn't continue playing the game in a second. Um, but I think part of it has to do with what to me, the gameplay consisted of because there's a number of elements, right? So, there is there are survival elements. Uh, there are a good number of puzzle elements as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like the inventory management, all of that. But then, to me, one of the things that and again, it's just it's part of the genre. But like to me, the the element that was the primary focus of the game was just horror, like in the abstract. And correct me if you think I'm wrong, but to me, the um, Everything the game does from design to all of the different gameplay elements and all of it, like, it doesn't set out to do, like, hey, I'm going to be a really good puzzle game or anything. It's just there because it is what the game can best use to deliver uh, the horror that it wants, right? Whereas, to me, other games, uh, like, for example, Little Nightmares 2. Little Nightmares 2 was set in a horror setting. It had horror elements. um, But... To me, that game was a puzzle game, and horror was a flavor, whereas this game is a horror game, and it just has different flavors of gameplay mixed into it. You get me? So, like, the puzzles, not that they were bad or anything, but, like, they didn't try to be exceptional because that's not what it's trying to do. It's not the focus. No, you're exactly. She felt like it was just pushing more towards just, like, this is a horror game is going to do horror things as opposed to this is a game and it happens to have a horror theme. Precisely. Yeah, and so on that note, like compared to other horror games we have played, for example, Until Dawn, Amnesia, to me, they were bad games. I did not like them or what they tried to accomplish, the ways they went about it. Uh, to me, this game is, um, is solidly built um, and everything it does, I think, goes into accomplishing its purpose, at least in what I experienced. Yep. Um, but the reason I stopped playing this game was because um, I don't mind being scared, right? Like, um, I, and I get scared in all manner of games because I think there are different ways to derive that sort of feeling. But this game, what it strives to accomplish is just constant uh, tension and discomfort. Um, and so for someone like me, I don't get any excitement out of being scared. I think games should still try to scare you 
for different reasons, like narrative weight and stuff like that. Like, uh, I'm, I'm not saying there should be no scary games. But the fact that um, it was like its goal first and foremost above, again, in my opinion, gameplay and above story and above all of that degraded some of the other elements a little bit. Not that they were bad, but just that like it made the entire experience um, for me just uh, unpleasant, which I guess is horror, right? Like horror is unpleasant, but just like I, I don't know, I didn't find where like it was supposed to relieve like where the um the joy in the discomfort was and so that is why i stopped playing because it was just constant discomfort with really no break from that as opposed to like oh here's a i don't know here's like an adventure game i'm playing and then here's this like really scary sequence and you come out of it and you succeed and you're good um the the constant pressure of it was it was just something that i didn't enjoy um which is fine, right? Like, not every game needs to be for everyone. But that, that to me, is kind of how I look at all the elements. Like, I think the elements are good and they're serviceable. And I think there was care and thought that were put into them. Um, but at the end of the day, like, if there was, like, a mission statement or whatever, achieving that horror, like, it means we can throw away some of the other elements and not bring them front and center. Because that's not what the game is trying to accomplish. Um that said, you know, you brought up all these things in service of horror. I think they fit into that well. And if you get joy from that, um, I think that it you'll be good, right? It, it'll be there. I, I don't find it to be an incredibly scary game at all times. But the constant tension will eventually build up to a point where, like, at least for me, it was like... Um, unease 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 i'm overwhelmed with discomfort right like like at one point it, i was being there were monsters down one path there were monsters down the other i was like i don't have enough bullets to kill them i don't ah right like <laughs> yeah um, yeah i completely yeah. get that um you touch on a lot there as well <laughs> which is good yeah, yeah a lot of course to talk of course about. um the section that you played where you stopped all up to there i think is the scariest part of the game unfortunately for you um <laughs> and also where the game shines because yes it is striving to do horror first of course, and foremost yeah. um but where the relief comes in and maybe some of that joy you were talking about is in all the elements in service of uh pushing towards that horror so a lot of the Resident Evil formula here is going from room to room and restocking on resources. Like, oh, cool. I found mm -hmm. more ammo. I, I could get more of that. I got an herb. I could combine that. It's a sense of growing and getting stronger with the game. So where in the last two-thirds of the game, you feel powerful as heck. You're decked out with larger inventory space. You got all this ammo now. And then it, it sort of stops being horror at a certain point. It becomes like, all right, let's go. I got my shotgun. I'm going to fuck shit up, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's maybe where some of that joy comes in. The also finding save rooms and hearing that music and getting the relief of, oh, God, I'm safe for just like, a moment here it's like on a roller coaster those little sections where you're just stalled out going straight for a little bit before you get into the crazy stuff you know those sections it's just a brief moment of like okay i could breathe from all the stuff that i've gone through and then you're back into the action again right that's sort of how resident evil operates brief moments of respite a lot of craziness that you were experiencing but the unknown that you were talking about i think is where this game in particular shines when you're getting hunted down by jack baker through the halls of this house 
he could really come from anywhere, including you're walking down a hallway. You think he's behind you. You didn't get to see this, but he could bash through a wall that you're walking. You're about to walk past, and he. Jumps it happened out in to front me the you. very first time I played the game. It did. Um, yeah, yeah. I, that first time I played the game, I was like, I have no idea how you're supposed to get around him. And then when I was streaming it, you know, recently, just now, I was like. I mean, not that I got lucky. I kind of saw where I was supposed to go, but that's the thing. Like, if you engage him too quick before you kind of, like, get anything, man, it can be, like, relentless. Like, these these bosses, it, it's a oh, lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And especially if you don't know if there's certain enemies you can or can't kill, you're dumping all your ammo into them, and you're like, I'm out of ammo, and this guy's still not dead. Then it's just, you're running away, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So that fear is constantly there, and I could absolutely see why you jumped out of it because the pressure is relentless until you get past the moment of um, I have barely any ammo. I don't have any ways to open some of these doors that are locked. But once the video game progression kicks in, Mm -hmm. then I think that's where Resident Evil really shines, that feeling of constant like, oh, I could open this door now. I could go back to this area and get all this stuff. That is a really, really cool feeling for me, and that, that you see in uh, all Resident Evils, not just this one. But yeah. TJ, what, did, how do you like the gameplay? I mean, I like it. Um, I like the fact that it returned more towards a survival horror as opposed to more of the adventure aspects of it. Like you were saying before, there is that bit of reprieve when like, you finally get through an area or you finally beat where you need to beat and you can like stock up on stuff and create new items and go back to other rooms and figure stuff out. But like... Like John said, it is a, like a constant like bashing. It keeps you on edge a lot. Even when you get out of that like slight repe- reprieve, it goes right back into basically like anxiety, and mm-hmm. that's not really for everyone. Even no, in like not. the horror genre itself, um, some people just like being able to chill and then getting like jump scares as opposed to just like always being on edge. So, like, I get it. Yeah. What did you guys think of the boss fights? I know, John, you only got to experience, I think, one or two. But for the most part, what did you think? I got to experience a few. And then, uh, disclosure, just because of the way I decided, I ended up watching, like, a very quick recap of the rest of the game. So, I I have a feel for how the rest of the stuff goes. Um I, th- I found it very interesting because uh, I know there was one point you know, where I was like, oh, look at the scripted event. And Nick was actually letting me know that that was very much not the case. Uh, the game has multiple endings, just, I guess, with, like, scripted sequences within those. Um, so that, that to me, was very cool. Um, and I liked, at least especially the one I did, which is early on, um, I liked the variety because, to me, you can get into a lot of combat in the game, right? If you, like, get spotted and all of that, like, you can be forced into combat, but it's always from a position of helplessness. Um, at least in that boss fight, even though you are still kind of helpless, um, because it's just for this section, it's like, here are some extra tools at your disposal. Um, and so I appreciated that. Uh, I, I'd be very interested to see, like, what a more sandboxy version of this game would be like if it's like oh you can use anything right if it if it lent if it leaned a little more into like the survival aspects of it and took stuff from games like 
I don't know, any number of games, right? Like Rust, Daisy, like those hardcore survival games where it's sandbox, construct your own stuff. I'm curious to see what a game like this with a full crafting system might be. Um, but all of that is to say that, yeah, I, I appreciate the boss sequences because they break up the action in a more interesting and, and cinematic way. So that I thought that was nice. Yeah, crafting in this game is minimal. You could craft ammo, uh, healing items, and... I believe that's just about it. It looks like Resident Evil 8 is expanding that where you could craft more things like uh, trip mines and a bunch of different things like that. So it looks like that's the game that's going to be a little bit more sandboxy compared to this one. But um, yeah, the, I think the boss fights are, are very, very cool and unique, except for a couple towards the end that become very Resident Evil-y where you just shoot the eyeball targets and then, all right, boss mm-hmm. is dead. That got yeah. the weak point. Those are kind of lame, but... I hated that few- I called it early on, and then when I saw the rest of the game, I was like, are you kidding me? Because, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that but, last one is supposed to be a fine. big cinematic event. Yeah, thing. But, yeah, you know, yeah. for a final boss, it's very lame. Um, the first few, though, are really, really cool. The fight in the garage with Jack. Um, yeah, he you could get in the car, start it up, drive it around, hit him a couple times. That's the one that I think you got. He mm-hmm. could get in the car and start chasing you around doing donuts in the garage that's where like a little bit of that camp plays in and then the boss fight that you didn't get to that i think is very cool is essentially a big chainsaw fight between you and jack which is really really cool um again that there's camp involved in that the fact that it's like a chainsaw sword fight is ridiculous and you have jack over there saying things like "Ooh, groovy you know um, I, I want to talk about Jack in a second when we get to, to story, but yeah. Sure. Yeah, that, they're very heightened cartoony characters, him and Marguerite, but they still serve a purpose. And I think that heightenedness also adds to the creep factor of them in a way. But anyway, the boss fights, the, for the most part, are pretty, they're intense, they're fun, they're unique, and I enjoyed them. Amanda, what do what you think of gameplay and boss fights and all of that? Gameplay, uh, I mean, I agree. I agree with both you and Palazzo. I mean, honestly, um, I mean, you know me. I, I, I'm not, I'm easily scared. I don't normally play horror games. I really just started to, I would say, last year when we started this podcast. And October came around and I thought it would be fun. Um, I know it's still not my thing. Um, and I mean, I played... I played this game way before that, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, when I got to all the quote unquote creepy, scary fights, even like the boss fights, I would hand over the controller because I'm like, nope, uh, this ain't for me. This isn't it. Because I also get, I get very anxious. I get very tense. I, 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 I freak out and I'm like, I, I, I can't. It's like, um, it's like that one time, uh, we were, we had, uh, Tados finished PUBG for me because mm-hmm. we were like, yeah bottom we were the last two people alive and i just i couldn't i couldn't deal with it because i'm like i'm gonna die i'm gonna die and we're gonna lose so it's that same exact feeling you know um so gameplay i mean I, but in that case i do think the game did an excellent job you know for getting me to that point um but yeah boss fights i mean i didn't really play much of them they weren't my favorite i was like oh, okay like a, i don't know i thought they were fun though i thought they were creative i will say they were very different you know, mm-hmm. like, just like you said, the chainsaw fight was cool. Um, I don't know. I thought it was, they're fun. I'm just like, oh, okay, I don't know. That's yeah. what I felt. And again, like Palazzo said, um, 
They could be a little unique. Um, they could be interesting. I like how it varies from boss to boss. Um, some of them are a little creepier than others, like fighting chainsaw people in garages. But, you know, um, I enjoyed it. John, you got a unique event that happened with Jack. Not just in the garage, but when you're going into the hatch at the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. he turns you around, spins you around, and for you, he chopped off your foot, right? Yeah. And you, normally, you would get a death screen if he grabs you, and then everything goes to gray. It's like, oh, no, I died. But for this one, um, you have to crawl, and he sort of taunts you like, ooh, come get the medicine. Come on, yeah. you need it. And uh, you have to crawl all the way over there, and then you uh, put the, the first aid on your foot. You step back on it, and Ethan's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Um, that doesn't always happen to everyone. Sometimes they're able to get in the hatch with enough time and escape. So I just thought that was a unique little thing that um, you got, which is always it, it's a fun little little thing that's in there. Yeah, that's one of those instances where it's like I can appreciate that, especially knowing that it's not scripted kind of um, gives me a little more appreciation of it. Just from my perspective, uh, I hated it. Just because I was like, why? Like, <laughs> what are we adding by chopping my leg off? Like, you've already shown me, right? Because slight spoiler, but it's super early on. The game has an instance of dismemberment very early on to establish, like, here's how first aid works. And you, you know, like, you can do that. But to me, I was just like, and I like, I get it. But at the, at the same time, part of my brain is like, why is this like extreme like violence necessary you know um i but in the context of the game like i can appreciate it i'm just talking from i guess my perspective like someone like amanda and myself i guess i mean uh, i don't mind it but yeah i I understand, I understand what you're saying but that is very much like yeah that's like that's exactly it. exactly right that's yeah. what i mean some people it is yeah. gonna make them sick and that's valid some people it, it'll make them afraid that's also valid some people might think it's funny like me i think it's absolutely ridiculous that your foot gets chopped off you spray some goo on it and you just step back on it it's like oh okay i'm fine now and the main character also acknowledges that this is very very strange and weird and shouldn't be happening so there's that little bit of time tiny bit of resident evil camp in there as well so i i appreciate that and i think it accomplishes a whole bunch of different things you know should we move into kind of like story and and all of that in a second okay yeah yeah yeah, Yeah, i I think you touched on the on the camp and it's um i initially i was like oh this isn't here at all right which is fine like i'm not necessarily the biggest fan of camp anyways um because the setting is very realistic and the way it presents everything to you is super realistic. Um, but the like writing of a lot of it is camp in, in a way where it's like initially I didn't um, like the family very much because it was, it was like the very generic trope of like, I'm going to make you scared of me because I'm crazy. <laughs> right. Like, which is fine. Like that exists for a reason. Um, I will say that, like, I don't know, like, I guess just maybe it was the fact that I was streaming or whatever. Um, but I did appreciate Jack a, a bit. I hated him at first. I was like, okay, shut up. But then, like, I heard the same phrases so many times. It's like, okay, I don't know if this has happened to you, but like, my one of my best friends, he would always play this song that I despised and i hated like nonstop. and i'm like please just stop man and he played it so many times that i now 
unironically enjoy the song right like it is just the way it happened and so that's what happened to me with jack like he'd be walking around and his i'm gonna get you you little crawfish mm, come to daddy right like just stupid stuff like that and i'm like why like what do you what but then it just happened so much that and again because i was streaming i guess i would just respond to him in the accent even though he obviously couldn't hear me and i think that's maybe the most fun i had at the point where i was like oh I'm gonna die, whatever. Let me just mock your stupid voice back to you. And then I ended up surviving and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. I guess I did it. Yeah. Um, I guess the best way I could describe that is them as individuals. Some people will find them very scary and I, I think they are, but it's more of you're scared of what they could do to you versus them themselves being frightening. Most people will fear that this guy could grab me and kill me in an instant, right? But yeah, their dialogue is hilarious. At one point, Marguerite, when she's chasing you in the old house, she calls you a cocksucker. And it's like, yeah. did she just call me a cocksucker? What? Um, the, the writing is ridiculous. When Ethan's talking to the cop, he's like, you want to see my name in the obituaries or do you want to be a hero and save my life? It's like, <laughs> all right, come on now. Yeah. But uh, it's all in service of uh, the the bigger picture i suppose and those are points where like hey it could be lightening the mood i guess it's not scary 100 percent of the time you know that that's totally what i'm saying i like that to me is probably the aspect where i had the most fun when like i gave up on like when i thought i was for sure dead and it's like this is so stupid and like trying to poke fun at it and then surviving <laughs> being like oh okay like I, uh, moments like that are are interesting because they the game presents them in a, in a number of ways where for example there is one section where like margaret is looking for you and they're stealth i ended up getting an achievement because again even though a lot of the game feels scripted i guess it's not right so like there are different outcomes i managed to avoid her entirely and so that is one section where like um she she is very scary just because like yeah you're anytime you're forced to avoid something uh, game design wise to me I think is usually a really good setup for trying to make someone scared versus like the yeah. moments where I was laughing at Jack because I had no choice but to confront him right um, so yeah although it is very much a caricature um, I don't think that's a bad thing I think not every character ever needs to be super developed um, so in terms of big bosses to just have as like a set piece, I think they were pretty good. Um, my main complaint with them and kind of the story in general from what I've, from what I saw and, and I read uh, and all of that is that to me, at least I was not intrigued to be like, Oh, what's the deal with them? To me, the driving force of the game was, I just need to stay alive. And if I find out more about them along the way, cool. Um, so I'm curious to know, like, for the rest of you, were you actually intrigued? Like, would you, let's say it was optional, like, would you have gone out of your way to try and learn more about them? Or would your, like, drive just be stay alive? Because for me, it felt like it was stay alive. Well, that, yes. I mean, the first thought in your brain throughout the whole game is stay alive because y you could die yeah. at any moment. But no, I. that's where I severely disagree with you. I think the mystery in this game is fantastic. And it's not like you're going out of your way to discover it. No, it's it's baked in pretty well, yeah. Yeah, it's fed to you as you go on throughout the story and you learn about the tragedy of the Baker family about two-thirds through the game. And it's once you 
get that realization of what went on there. I think it's fascinating. And this game does uh, a big thing that The Last of Us does where it's not just force-fed to you in uh, cutscenes or things like that. You find it in different rooms throughout the game by picking up books or letters that are uh, written by some of the residents of the house mm-hmm. in ways that they would talk. You could see their descent uh, to madness there. You could see... Um, just the story unfold through a lot of the optional stuff that you pick up throughout the game. Very Last of Us, and if you guys didn't know, um, Neil Druckmann is heavily influenced by the Resident Evil series, specifically Resident Evil 4. So a lot of that stuff that you see in that game was picked up from older Resident Evil games that did that very same thing where uh, it was very much show, don't tell. Um, so the the mystery of this this family and how they got to where they were, I thought was super interesting. I think one of the cool things um, that you just reminded me of in terms of like exposition and trying to keep it active is that the game features a number of like VHS tapes. Um, but yeah. instead of just watching them, which was what I expected, it makes you walk through it and like it's free. Like you're not on a track, right? Like you can roam around. Um, you are expected to keep up with the story, um, but you you can kind of look around, and I think giving you a little bit of that freedom of movement within what is essentially a cutscene was pretty cool. And it also, um, even though it's again not something what well, I don't love, like the the constant tension and all of that, it was a really clever way of trying to not let the player relax during the cutscene because since you're controlling them chances are you know right you're like oh these people are doomed right because it's it's on tape it's all like you know it ends poorly but you're still in control of like one of the people so your instinct to survive at least for me was still like a little bit there in terms of like I know I'm doomed, but whatever. I guess let's see if I can the, avoid that. <laughs> the the VHS tapes are especially cool too because they drop hints mm-hmm. for you in modern time. The VHS yeah VHS tapes do a flashback to characters that came previously, and then you learn stuff about the world, and you can interact with new things. It's like oh, I have to go here now because I saw that in the tape. Right. The biggest example is the third tape you get is essentially a big escape room that you got to get out of, and at the end of the escape room, how it's designed is you die. It's one of the rigs that Lucas sets up, but because you know the puzzles from that escape room when you do it as ethan you're like i could skip this whole section because i know the code and it gets you out of there which is a really really cool discovery moment and how they implement the tapes there is is super cool but that's back into gameplay we could jump back into story again sure but i i think it's part of narrative a little bit too in the ways that like it keeps you active within the narrative and goes towards kind of accomplishing again that goal of like the constant um um horror but yeah i i guess just back to narrative you know we to, to each their own um right like i don't think the explanation for the story is uninteresting uh i just think the set like the hook for me narratively wasn't strong for me the hook was very much mechanical uh at least it seemed and then in like hindsight kind of gives the characters more depth um retroactively i guess is what i'm trying to say which is not a bad thing right especially in a game like this depending on what it's trying to accomplish but tj amanda yeah what do you guys think of like the story and the characters 
I don't know. I'm like the worst person to ask about this because like I, Resident Evil Four is one of my favorite Resident Evils, and I love playing Five with like one of my closest friends. But like I can't tell you a thing about the story. Sure. Like I just <laughs> I do not pay attention to it. Like I love playing the game. Like I love going through like the gameplay and like feeling off videos. But I do not pay attention to the story one mm-hmm. bit <laughs> because they're they're essentially all the same. Um. Yeah. Hey, can I give a spoiler warning here? This game's like five years old. Uh, can I essentially say what it's about? There we go. Um, yeah, I guess you don't want to be spoiled. Uh, skip forward a lot. <laughs> skip forward like 30 seconds, maybe. I'll be quick, maybe. like a minute or two. It'll be quick. Palaza, you have one minute starting now. Okay, because all Resident Evil games are essentially, they're all biohazards right there in fact it's not no mythical shits going on here everyone's infected it's a zombie game first and foremost so the resident evil uh stories aren't always interesting because they're all the same it all ends in a laboratory that's where you have the big plot dump and you discover everything that's going on like in this evelyn is not a creepy ghost girl she is a Mm -hmm. little girl that is a bio weapon and that bad people are using to attack people and to use against I don't know, governments. She just happened to fell off twenty-five boat and land in the Louisiana <laughs> Bayou, and she is here now. Um, but the big twist there is she's also the grandmother that you see at the very seconds. beginning of the game. So you see her popping up in all these different places, and it's super cool. Ten seconds. But the entire time she's infected, that's where you get all these molded creatures coming out of the woodwork. It's Five all seconds. connected and creepy. All right, I'm done. I'm done. All right. Wow. Good job. That's excellent. That's excellent. That's the story of Resident Evil 7, and it's done very, very well, and it's done (laughs) subtly, and it doesn't shove it in your face. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that that goes to show that, um, and again, I I think this goes back to like what I said earlier, where I think everything is in service of the 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 experience goal that they're trying to accomplish, to the point where like the story, you know. Definitely not the worst in a game, but could be a lot stronger. But in order for that, like, you would probably need a setup where you could more calmly interact with characters and learn about them and become invested in them. So I think it willingly takes some hits and try it tries to keep some cards up its sleeve, um, but does so in, in a way where, again, that horror is what it's trying to accomplish. Uh, at least to my eyes ears senses no i i do agree with you i actually they do it with one character zoe who you are Mm -hmm. getting information from over the phone she's a mysterious voice uh that's guiding you throughout the game you're like who is she is she good or bad doesn't matter she's helping me survive so i might as well listen to her right um but that's only really one example of someone that does something like you describe it looks like resident evil 8 is adding a lot more just well, it takes place in a village, so there's villagers mm-hmm. that you're going to be interacting with, right? They're not all going to be baddies the whole time like in this game. So I, I'm glad to see that. I agree with you. It, it looks like they're adding more of that in the next game. Um, so I'm excited to see what that's like in mm-hmm. a couple of days. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I do agree. I think that it could have used a little bit more of that in this one. But also the setting doesn't really call for that. So I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. yeah. I- Again, like it's not to say that it's the wrong decision. It's just the creative direction they went with this game, right? 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, other thoughts on like story characters? Amanda, I, I don't think we heard from you on it. Um, no, I was actually going to kind of go off of what TJ was saying. Um, at least in the setting that I did play it, um, you know, playing with a friend, it's very easy to just kind of... Uh, like, you're just playing it just to play it. You're not really, like, paying attention to the story. But uh, in order to, like, kind of refresh my memory for this mm-hmm. review, I had to, you know, go back and read stuff, which is always fun. Um, and I don't know. I think if I, had, if I had wanted to maybe play it again or just reading it and even watching some of your playthrough, John, I was like, oh, shit. Like, there's a story. Like, there's actually a narrative. You're not just running around and, like... Although, you know, if you rewind to Palazzo's uh, recap (laughs) of what the Resident Evil games are, essentially, um, even if the stories are all the same, the way they are um, kind of, like, presented is... Are all unique. Yeah, absolutely. It's all unique, and and, and I think that's the most interesting part. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's always going to be a different... It's always going to be a different game and it makes you, know? you question like is this gonna be a regular resident evil experience yeah. you know it, it yeah. plays with your expectations which is cool yeah 100 yeah, percent. um i have just two main last points about the story that a lot of people bring up when talking about this game they're actually critiques one i absolutely agree with one i absolutely disagree with so i'm curious to see how you guys thought about this one big thing is the molded creatures in this game who are i guess the renditions of zombies i suppose in resident evil 7 um a lot of people complain about the fact that there's not a lot of variety to these guys they're pretty much the only monsters in the game outside of the baker family and they get very boring very quickly the first couple will scare you but after that it's all the same and i absolutely 100 percent agree with that aspect like i i want more here it's i i don't want to fight the same molded over and over again they're just big giant gloopy monsters and uh, (laughs) after a while i'm just gonna stop being scared of them so i don't know what you guys thought about that i can agree yeah i i agree too to me um funny enough when i started getting swarmed with them that's about the point where i gave up because i was like they're everywhere i have no bullets like they're just monsters for the sake of monsters but i know they can literally come out of anywhere i don't know how they spawn because i've cleared some areas and they don't respawn there but in other areas they do what am i supposed to do and then like to to me the more interesting approach again the biggest fear is always of the unknown right like so like if you want to scare someone like that's the way to do it usually um but also if you're gonna have like these defined monsters i think something like and i don't consider this a horror game but something like the last of us does it well where like um in the last of us part two like even though we already know what a lot of the the infected are like the different kinds and the different like mutations and the slight changes on it manages to keep things fresh all throughout the game and that's a long game this is a very short game um but they they are very apparently like the same thing so it maybe would have been interesting if they had different renditions of the same monster that like you know moved about the space in different ways or tried to attack you in different ways different behaviors that sort of thing so that you always kind of have something to learn other than just like oh there it is let me shoot it in the head four times right yeah for sure and then the second biggest thing i want to ask you guys about this is the one that i really disagree Mm -hmm. with most people on people had big complaints about the protagonist ethan when the game came out saying he's a bland piece of toast there's not a lot to him he's kind of boring (laughs) 
I don't agree because a the game is trying to make you feel like Ethan. That's why his dialogue is minimal. You're being thrown into his shoes. Second of all, I like that he's sort of an everyman kind of character thrown into this horrible, horrible situation because it feels. It's not realistic, but it feels more realistic to me because in previous games, all the characters you play as are super cops and super agents. Chris Redfield is a special agent on the police force. Leon Kennedy is a secret agent for the president of the United States going to save his daughter, right? Um, it They sort of do unbelievable things and it's like, okay, yeah, I guess he could suplex a guy, sure. But in this game, Ethan really feels like I can't do much. I'm a weak little dude here. Um, I it, it also helps you feel like you're surviving, and I like that about him and his character. They're making that better in Resident Evil 8. From what little I played of the demo, um, his character seems more fleshed out and like he has his own personality as opposed to as, as just a reflection of the char- of the, the player. But um, I, I had no issues with Ethan in this game. I'm curious to see what, what you guys thought about that. Sorry, just I, it's funny because several of the things that like I was reading today, a lot of people were like, just like, oh, fuck Ethan, know, just, he's dumb. They're just like Ethan's just a milky piece of toast, and he's just, and I was like, oh, <laughs> that's really funny. Um, but I mean, I can understand where they're coming from, but I also like it. I, I do like that take of just being like, hey, he's a regular old white guy and thrown into this and i don't know just a regular person instead of someone who's like extremely um uh used to like combat and knows how to work a gun and use a gun and like off the bat and like can survive i don't know i think it i don't know for whatever reason to me i'm like yeah you can kind of relate better to this character kind of yeah kind of Mm -hmm. Especially there's one part where you have to make a very big choice that has the endings go off in branching paths. I won't spoil anymore. I'll stop. But the way that <laughs> Ethan interacts with one of these characters uh, afterwards on a boat, that's all I will say. Um, <laughs> I I related to a lot. I'm like, yeah, that's probably how I would react in that situation. So I, I don't know. I, I like the choices that were made for Ethan's character. I don't think the problem is that he is an unremarkable person. Um, I think probably what the critiques are is that he has no personality. Um, and I agree with that. I don't think we see much personality personality other than like an average response to like the events that are going on, right? But I don't think we learn too much about him. Um, that said, I don't think it's a big deal deal in this kind of game um because yeah it it is very much meant to be like a proxy for just putting you in this game so i feel like they just kept him blank so you could project yourself onto him um my actual complaint and it was something i said on stream was that uh sure we don't know much about ethan or his personality or whatever um but to me the the supporting cast the people around you the people that you're supposed to care about they are just as unevenly fleshed out, at least like, you know, early on when you're supposed to be accepting the quest. And that to me um, killed like a really good opportunity for like emotional investment and perhaps then like getting people to go through the story because you care about the characters, right? Because like I said earlier, like to me, that is the most effective way to 
uh, to scare someone, or at least to do it in an interesting way. Not like, oh, this scenario is horrifying, more like this scenario is horrifying because of the implications for this person that I care about, right? You can do that on a small scale. And so in this game, the beginning of the quest is very much, I'm going to go find my wife. Um, but the thing is, I know nothing about my wife. I only care about her because I know I'm supposed to care about her because she's my wife, right? And when you are introduced to her, it is 90% of the time in like a very bad state where like, again, like I get it, but I wish like maybe the game had a slower start into like the immediate horror and maybe let you get attached a little more so that then um, if you need to fight her or whatever, like I care. And it's not just like, how about we just leave? Like, who cares? Okay, she's a lost cause. Kill her and get out of here, right? Um, cause that was just very much my reaction. Whereas something like, even though I don't like that game, I think amnesia rebirth, you don't learn much about your character. Um, but the bits that you do learn are very revealing and like, you know, the bond between like mother and child, um, and particularly the importance of the child to that mother is like, is told relatively early on. Right. Um, in a way that gave me a little more attachment to characters than this game did. And I think if this game did that, it would yeah. be more appealing to a slightly broader audience. <laughs> that, you know, that exp explanation actually makes a lot of sense. I That's a good way of putting it, I think. Uh, in Resident Evil 8, it looks like there is going to be more of an attachment to what's going on in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Instead of saving your wife, you're going to be saving your daughter now. But I think that familiarity with both Ethan and Mia now and sort of what they went through, you had a whole game to collect that backstory. Immediately right off the bat, you're going to be connected to what's going sure. on. As opposed to this game, you go in knowing absolutely nothing. So, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Cool. But, yeah, I don't know that's... Uh Unless, TJ, you have any thoughts or anyone else has, like, other last bits they want to throw in before we move into a vote? I'm good to vote. Yeah, same. Um, just real quick, game's got a lot of DLC, big story DLC, so that's very nice. There's, I think one is free, so that's cool, and it's not a small one either. Um, it follow, This isn't a spoiler. He's in a, the promotional material, Resident Evil 8, but if you don't want to hear it anyway, just skip 20 seconds. Uh, follows Chris Redfield. He's the main character from Resident Evil 1. He shows up at the end of this game, and he's going to play a big part of Resident Evil 8. So the DLC follows his story, the first part of the DLC. So a lot of cool stuff going on there. And um, if you guys didn't know, apparently there were PT developers working on this game as well pt oh, cool. was the big no horror way. game yeah so that's why you might see some similar elements capcom claims they already made a lot of choices before pt even came out i think that's bullshit <laughs> i think they knew what they were doing because pt was so successful but if you like that game which i think is the scariest horror experience of all time old ah, all time all time all time <laughs> you will like this game which i think is the scariest horror video game of all time so that's it. That's all I got. Cool. So I guess, in the case of Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, how do we vote? Um, so I put a lot of thought into this one and a lot of thought into, again, also my decision to not play the game, not continue playing the game. Um, yeah, way to pull an Amanda. Wow. Well, <laughs> I, I felt bad about it because like even with other games that I haven't enjoyed, you know, like, I didn't like Amnesia, I didn't like Until Dawn, but I saw them through, 
um at least as as much as i could amnesia i didn't get to play the last 10 minutes but um but i saw them through because i wanted to give the game a fair shot and so ultimately again the reason i chose not to play not to finish playing this game was because i saw that it was a much more adept execution um of a lot of the elements like i don't I didn't find much of it to be clunky. I thought there was stuff that was good. And even the stuff I didn't like, um, I could see why it was. I don't think it was necessary, necessarily out of like laziness or bad decisions. It was just in service of the goal of horror. Um, that said, the service of that goal lost out on a lot of stuff that to me is important in games, um, like a really strong narrative or even like in Little Nightmares 2, uh, like a really strong puzzle mechanic which kept me interested and engaged throughout the game and so when it comes to my vote um if you're looking at it from the perspective if you are someone like me and you do not like horror and you you've tried a few and you keep trying to get into it right like i i know resident evil's kind of like the the shining example and so i was thinking well if, if any game is going to turn me around it's probably this one i think ultimately um if you experience horror the way I do, where just kind of like, even if you're not like constantly screaming, right? Like I, like I know Amanda, you have much more like uh, animated reactions to it. For me, it's more just like tension. No, 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 and I say that in a nice way, right? Like, uh, no, I yeah. know, I say, that. Um, I say that's a genuine but, thing. But um, like for me, it's just like tension, and then like I just start feeling sick. Um, and I don't think this game is gonna change your mind so if you're like me like that's it's just not gonna accomplish that goal so if you're a person like me it is a do not buy it though um i think there are plenty of people for whom this game is for but as far as my vote goes um it just it would be a waste of money (laughs) so yeah that's that's my vote. But if you are a person like me, this is absolutely <laughs> you should buy it hundred percent. This oh is the best God. horror game you will ever play. <laughs> not the best Resident Evil game. This is not my favorite Resident Evil game. That title goes to RE2 remake. But just as a horror experience, this is phenomenal. It has everything you want. It encompasses all fears for all types of players. Um the Resident Evil 8 is coming out in a couple days. You should check this out before that if you're interested in that game. I, it looks like a lot of things are getting improved on in that game as well. Uh, but this was an amazing start to that formula they're going with here. First person, a lot of action, a lot of gore, a lot of horror, a lot of cool stuff. And John, I, your your points make a lot of sense to me. I wouldn't let this experience shut yourself off to other Resident Evil games, maybe other horror games, yes. But something like Resident Evil 4, which is one of the greatest games of all time, uh, is very action heavy. So I, I would explore some of those options as opposed to something that's straight up horror, you know. Uh, but that's my little aside there. For the most part, this is an amazing game. It came out in that stacked year of 2017, and it's in my top 10 from that year. So, yes, this is absolute. Without a doubt, you should buy it. <laughs> wow. Way to put the pressure on us, guys. And Nick Benatatos wants to play it. So if that tells you something, hey. Wow. There you go. Do you guys even remember who he is? <laughs> I don't. The one that got away. The one that got away. Uh, TJ, do you want to go next or shall I? Uh, go ahead, Amanda. Okay. Uh, I I see both John's point and Palazzo's point. It's again, if you 
if you haven't already realized, we're all very different people and very different gamers. Um, that being said, I mean, I guess, I, I don't know, I would say to buy the game. I do think it's, I, I do think it's a you should buy. I think it's a good game, especially from like my experiences with it. Although I'm just not like a horror person. I can appreciate it for like what it is and especially for like what it was for a bunch of other people. Um, and even though I don't love horror, I don't love it, but I, there's something about it that I'm like, man, I, I want to understand. I really just want to understand. Will Literally, I? I think 90% of my stream was me talking to the chat being like, but what's the psychology of this? Because I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a very valid question. It's a, I, Yeah, but I. all that being said, I want to understand and I will be playing more horror games probably with the lights on <laughs> and in broad daylight because I love myself enough to do that. So You know geez, what? Yep. Amanda, I'm sorry to cut you off. Horror is better with other people. I think you'll understand and appreciate it more if you have others around while you're doing it. I I do agree. And also, that take for me at least, that does take away all the stress. I'm like I'm not nearly as scared. I'm right. having more, I'm still scared. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm still scared. But uh, I have more fun. I I've realized that and I know that for a fact. So, if you want to play with some buddies and just go go to the bayou, you Get it. Get the game. And what she means by that is it's not co-op. She means just... <laughs> yeah, it means like you got you got to like go. You got to like go. Resident Evil 5 is co-op though. Play that game with it a buddy. It is. And it's good. People too. hate that game, but I had a lot of fun playing it. It's good with a friend, bad. Is that the one that has like a Wii U port? Or is it on the Switch or something like that? Because I've definitely played one of the Resident Evil games and I was like, what is this? It is on the Switch. It's co-op. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've played that one. I'm not playing it on PlayStation. Okay, uh, TJ. Oh, how the turntables! Oh no, <laughs> guys, we can't have a tie. I don't know what to tell you. We're gonna call Tata. We could. There's a first time for everything. Oh God, TJ. <laughs> no, I mean the game does what it sets out to do. Um, if you like Resident Evil games, it's a Resident Evil game. Like <laughs> plain and simple. Like. Um, it has this gore, it has this horror, like it does everything that it's supposed to do. Um, and because it does that, I'm gonna say it is a should buy. All right, hell yeah! So, in the case of Resident Evil 7, you should buy it though. Though, yeah, is that all you I felt? Like, TJ, was there more? Was that a cliffhanger? I felt like that was a cliffhanger. Was there more to that? Or was that just... I mean, I was going to say more, but it doesn't Oh, no, I'm sorry. Please say <laughs> oh, more. Oh, you said more. <laughs> no, no. I'll see you next TJ, week. TJ, no. <laughs> or maybe you won't. Stay tuned for the next review, and TJ will finish his sentence. Actually, uh, it probably won't, actually. I got things to do. Oh, boy. Is this going to be me and John next week? <laughs> Am I going to be alone talking about this oh, game? That's, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not here next week. That's right. Maybe Tato's will come back and make a guest appearance. Have him sit in with us. <laughs> All right. TJ, I'm so sorry I cut you off.
Uh, I keep my headphones really low because nope. sound lead is so bad that I feel terrible when I You're cut fine. you guys off. Nope. Um, <laughs> I love you, TJ, and I value your opinion. And I'm gonna give you a whole a whole minute <laughs> here to talk about something that's not Resident Evil. Whatever no. you want. Give him a whole episode. <laughs> give him a whole episode. This is TJ's minute, and uh, we will have TJ's episode uh, in great memory of the disservice we've done to him. If any of you want to see me look really bad and feel really awkward, watch Impractical Jokers' latest episode. Ooh, when does that come out? It's already out. It's called The Prince and oh, I'm something like that. Watch okay. it. I'm excited. I look awful in it. But <laughs> it <is good> <laughs> TJ, you always look good. Hell yeah. Thanks, guys. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, everyone go, go watch Impractical Jokers. Go watch TJ. Send them virtual kisses, uh, but only if you're vaccinated. Yeah, bro. I get my other vax next week. If you want to hear TJ and more stuff, TJ's also in our other show, Dungeons and Drimpus. Uh, our season two finale is about to drop. Um, and oh, yeah. you do not want to miss The Hunt for the Florida Man. Uh, it is wild. It is fun. Um, it's a doozy. Yeah. And we have some really, really exciting stuff coming uh, over there. Um if you haven't checked out the show yet, now's a good time. You can binge all of season two. And uh, we have some really exciting future stuff coming that we're going to be announcing right after the finale. So it is a good time to be a Drimbus fan. Uh, and if you're like Nicholas Palazzo, it is a good time to be a Resident Evil fan. Because next week we will be reviewing so <laughs> Resident Evil 8. If you want to support us uh, and help us continue reviewing these <laughs> games, because goddamn y'all, it's expensive. Uh, consider supporting us on Patreon dot com slash should i buy you'll get access to our 24-hour impressions of new games so you're gonna get to hear palazzo um he's gonna shoot a two-hour documentary uh for our patrons on resident evil 8 to uh, uh celebrate the storied history um no he's not please don't hold me to that um yeah. <laughs> and, uh you can join us on discord we stream every now and then over at uh, twitch.tv slash whimsic productions a bunch of stuff going on links in the description but uh as always thank you for listening thank you to our, to our patrons and baird and jerry benetados and we'll talk at you all real soon goodbye goodbye bye what are you buying resident evil 7 because <laughs> i gotta buy all right goodbye everybody have a good day i hated that <laughs> 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 <laughs>